0: Football, 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 football. It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sport show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? F F F S O S S at Twitter, on TV slash AJ3. What is up? How's everybody doing on this Thanksgiving week? Two shows, of course, this week. We'll record one on Wednesday night for Thursday, so you can have it as you travel. Um, If you're in a car, you put your headphones in, you know, (laughs) all that stuff. So um, we'll have a show Thursday morning. We'll have it out for you. Preview week 12. This show will recap week 11. And in the kickoff, we'll do quarterback injuries. I mean, I made the list. I looked at it. There are so many quarterback injuries over the last few years, guys. Not only this season, but when you look back at, like, there's so many guys that have missed games at that position. And it's such a star-driven league. And, court, and like, the quarterback play, is there's such a drop-off between the stars and the backups. No offense to the backups, obviously, but there's backups for a reason. So, I don't know. Uh, you got... So many more injuries. We had a two more. I talked about one last week ahead of the games with Watson uh, ending his season, but we had Joe Burrow go down on uh, Thursday night. So two quarterback, two more quarterbacks. So we'll go over the quarterback injuries in the NFL. Then we'll do our NFL Week Eleven recap, College Football Week Twelve recap, early season college basketball with a bunch of MTEs, multi-team events going on, and then we have our Star pool locks and pick six at the end of the program. All right, um, take off. More quarterback injuries in the NFL. Burrow and Watson now out for the season, joining already Daniel Jones, Anthony Richardson, Kirk Cousins. You put Rodgers on that list with an asterisk. He might come back. He might not come back. I'm If they just keep losing games, there's no reason for him to come back. If they're in the playoff hunt, like, possibly come back. I would understand him wanting to play. But if they're out of the postseason, like, don't come back. It's it, That would be really, really dumb. Anyway, um... So that's five-slash-six stars, depending on how you want to count it. Burrow is a star. We know Rodgers is a star. Richardson, a lot of hype around him. Watson, um, a lot of issues with Deshaun Watson, as we know. But also, I think the Browns were looking forward to having him for a full season and seeing what he can do at their quarterback position because they have such a good defense. Now, Cousins with the Vikings didn't start out well. Now they got Dawes They won a couple games here and there, right? So um, Vikings, I didn't think we're making the postseason anyway, but you look at the Bengals, the Browns, the Colts had desires of winning their division, even though rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, but that's a weak division, as we know, Um, and Daniel Jones just got his contract and now he's hurt again for the Giants. So those are the five slash six out this season. Go division by division. Nearly every star QB and and others, not just the stars. Um, have missed a lot of action. So you start in the NFC East. Dak and Hurts both missed time last year. Dak early in the season hurts a little bit towards the middle late part of the season. Daniel Jones has missed games. He's out for the season now. Howell's is still new um, in Washington, but you look at that division. Two The two top guys have missed time, especially last year. Now this year, not so much. They've been fortunate. Hurts uh, a little banged up. Dak a little banged up, but I'd say Hurts more than Dak. But those two guys missed a lot of time last year between the two of them. And Daniel Jones is out for the season. North, Fields has been banged up. He's missed games. Cousins is out for the year. Um, You've had in the past with Rodgers missing a game here and there and love um, playing for him, right? We've seen that love in Kansas City, right, for the Packers. Goff. It's usually playing, played, so give him credit. He gets banged up, but he usually plays through it. Now, the South, Derek Carr got hurt for the Saints. Ritter was banged up. He got benched. Heineke comes in. He's banged up. Now it goes back to Ritter. Bakes has been relatively healthy since taking over in Tampa, uh, but they had their issues in the absence of Tom Brady, as we know. And Carolina has been a weird team for a while. Now they have their guy in Bryce Young, hopefully. Okay, West. Purdy, we know, right? And it's not just Purdy in this case. It's the Niners who lost three quarterbacks last year, you could argue it, when you get to Purdy in the postseason game because they started the season with Lance, they go to Jimmy G, and then they go to Purdy, and Purdy gets hurt in the NFC title game in the biggest game, unfortunately. Geno got hurt for Seattle, missed some time. Stafford has missed a bunch of games over the last two years following the Super Bowl win. And Kyler Murray just got back from injury. So he's missed a significant amount of time for the Arizona Cardinals. So that whole division has been affected the NFC West, especially the 49ers. Go to the AFC. Rodgers really don't have to say much there. What well, fourth play of his Jets career gets hurt for possibly the season. Tua has been better this year, but the previous two years, he's missed games. Um Mac Jones or the Patriots quarterbacks to Cam Newton. They've had injuries. They've had guys go in and out of that lineup, so they've been affected. And then Allen's usually good. He gets hurt, but he plays through it. He's a psycho. So even though he's hurt, he plays through it. Now the North, we know. I just talked about it. Burrow and Watson are out for the season. Burrow's previously uh, been out for a season. His rookie year got cut short, and he's missed games here and there as well. Watson has missed games for the Texans and then the suspension, and now with Uh, Cleveland, he's hurt and Lamar missed a bunch of games last season with Baltimore, like hanging around and seeing if he would come back and maybe he'd come back. Maybe not. We know big Ben's history in Pittsburgh, but he hasn't been there in some time. So with Kenny, he's been in and out. There have been some games where he's missed, but he's usually played, but he's been hurt as well. I'm not trying to say he's a star or anything. The South Richardson's out for the year. Tannehill has been banged up for the Titans. They've turned to Will Levis. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has been relatively healthy, I I recall. Um, And Stroud just got there in Houston, so you don't really have to count on him. Then you go to AFC West. Mahomes has missed games in seasons past. Russ missed games last year with the finger. Jimmy G got hurt and benched in Vegas. Okay, Herbert's been banged up. Thankfully, he hasn't missed a ton of time, realistically. But every division, guys... I almost mentioned every single team having an injury at the quarterback position and not all of them were stars. You know, I'm not going to compare Sam Howell and Daniel Jones to Dak and Hurts in that division, but they are the starting quarterbacks for those teams. So that is the comparable part. They're not stars, but they are the starting quarterbacks. You know, it, it's really not fair um, to compare anybody to Mahomes, but Mahomes is missed games. So is everybody. Russ has missed games. Jimmy G's missed games in that division in the AFC West. So, nearly every team guys at the quarterback position. Now, let's just go through it here. Dak and Hurts stars. Fields was on the way, but he's lost a lot of games, so I'm not going to count him because this doesn't count. Uh, The Carr-Ritter, no, in the South, no. Purdy possibly could be a star. We don't know. Geno, I'm not going to give that to, obviously, but he's been a starter. Stafford was a star at one point. Kyler was on the way to start him and then has struggled now. Go to the other division. Rodgers, star. Tua, in my opinion, was a star coming into the league. I don't care what anybody says. Burrow and Watson. Watson, not so much anymore. But Burrow, yes. Lamar's a star. Um, The South with Tannehill, Richardson. We don't know about Richardson yet. Uh, In the West, Mahomes, yes. Russ, people could argue. I would argue against, but he's there. And Jimmy G has been a franchise quarterback. Now, is he a star? I don't know, but he has won a lot. Um, Has he won the big one? No, not necessarily, but he has won a lot, to be fair to him. So, I'll say... Um, this and where I'm going with this point is I see a lot of people up in arms about roughing the passer calls and there are a lot of them where I also I'm like, Oh, I don't like that call or Oh, what's he supposed to do there? This is what they're doing guys. They're doing everything they can with the rule book to make sure that these guys at this position play for these teams. Not only are they big investments for the teams and the owners, but across the league, like, they are getting killed with some big matchups that don't have the star quarterbacks. You know, like, um, both Cowboy-Eagle game last year didn't have one of the starting quarterbacks. Dak the first time and Jalen Hurts the second time. So that's a big missed opportunity for those teams and for the NFL to market those guys playing against each other, right? It hasn't really happened a ton. Um, You know, Mahomes against Russ, they brought Russ in to try to win that division away from the Chiefs. They didn't do it twice last year. Now they go one-on-one one against them this year. It made a great game uh, when the Broncos beat them. Now, was it a well-played game? No, but it was a great storyline is my point. So the roughing, the passer calls aren't going away. If anything, they're going to keep like going with the um, intensity of the way they're officiating that play and the way they're officiating any play regarding hitting the quarterback like i'm really shocked that every time the quarterback doesn't like goes down to slide and gets hit a little bit i'm shocked it's not a flag because in the rule it seems like it's a flag like if you go to the ground and you're sliding you can't make contact with them well you see a lot of guys that wait to the last second at the quarterback position to slide i understand that you're trying to get every yard especially because the rule is this, the 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 ball goes to where the slide starts. I understand that from the quarterback position. But also, like, there's so many things against the defense. One of these things we got to give the defense some breaks on. Now, I, for one, would lean more towards defenseless receivers, taking a little bit away from that, because if a receiver's ducking down and they're changing their body position, I don't want to hurt, like, I don't think we should penalize safeties and corners and linebackers who, when they start their hit, are aiming at a guy's stomach. And then when the hit happens, because the guy crunched up, he hits him in the head and shoulder. Pick. I don't think that's fair, especially because we're refereeing it in slow time. So maybe we can give the defense a little bit there. Now, I understand the player protection. Like I'm not saying you can just cold cock somebody over the wheel. That's not what I'm saying. But some of these calls against defensive backs are really, really tough. And you could argue, well, so are the ones for roughing the passer. Right. But the passers, they're not as concerned with the receivers as they are the passers. Okay? So maybe we can go, maybe we can take it back one notch with the defensive receivers and give it another notch with the quarterbacks. I don't know. And you could say, Asia, you used to argue about all this stuff about oh, it's a, it's a physical game and it's a, it, yeah, it is a physical game. And people do get hurt. And I think the league should do everything with the rulebook they can to at least lessen the opportunities for these big injuries. And I think they're doing a better job of it. Yeah, has it taken a while? Yes, it has. But also with that comes these roughing calls that aren't going away that are probably going to get more and more like, frequency of the calls because of the guys that I've mentioned. Burrow, Watson, Rogers, okay, the exciting Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis. Everybody was talking about him the first couple weeks of the season, right? Excited about him. Cousins gets everybody excited in Minnesota for some reason. God bless. A lot of people were getting excited for Daniel Jones and the Giants, even though the Giants are not built as a good football team right now, right? But you go through all these teams, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, three big markets, Chicago, okay, big market, San Francisco, LA, New York, again, Miami, the Midwest Rust Belt games, okay? Those teams getting affected. And you have Mahomes, who's the face of the league. He's missed some time. So they're going to do everything they can to keep these guys on the field. And we're going to get more roughing calls. And we're going to get more calls about guys sliding late and they still get hit and they get the call anyway. And the defender's like, what the hell? Because no offense to Tommy DeVito's or the Tim Boyle's or the Zach Wilson's or... The Jake Brownings. That's not a lot of good football from those guys. And they've accomplished a lot getting to that level. So give them credit. But there's also a reason those guys aren't starting quarterbacks. Or they got beat out. So the whole point here is. We have so many injuries at this position. Is there a way in the rules to help it? Yes, I think there is, and the NFL is doing that. You could see it. I feel for defenders. I truly do. We have to take out the if the wide receivers bracing themselves. How can they be defenseless? You know what I mean? Like the ones over the middle where the guys like ducking in. And the linebacker, like, waited for him to catch the ball because then it could be a penalty. You know, like, waited for him to catch the ball, try to make a play, and the guy, like, curled up, and instead of hitting his midsection that he was aimed for when he started the hit, he hits his head, and they're like, 15-yard penalty. Like, come on. What are we doing here? So I just – there's a lot of injuries at the quarterback position. I'm just bracing everybody for – more roughings more unnecessary roughnesses more of those calls for quarterbacks because they don't want these big prime time you know how pissed Amazon probably is guys in the middle of their second year of this package and they've got garbage games burrow gets hurt on their airwaves they fi- they finally get a good game. They finally get a good matchup. That's an in-division game where both teams in the division are good teams in Baltimore and Cincinnati, and Burrow gets hurt. Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine being in that Amazon control room. They were probably freaking out because they finally got a good game, and then the quarterback gets hurt. So I don't know. I just The whole point is the roughing calls aren't going away. We're going to get more of them. We're going to get more unnecessary roughness calls on these quarterbacks because At some point, the TV is going to say to the league, you got to keep these guys on the field. We are paying outrageous money for these games to be broadcasted. You got to do something to keep these guys on the field. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's already happening in the NBA with the guys sitting out with the contracts there. Silver's got an issue to work with there. Now it seems like Adele is going to have one too. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, NFL Week 11 recap. Atlanta, Indianapolis, New England, and New Orleans on the bye. Cincinnati-Baltimore got us started on Thursday night. Ravens win it 34-20. Gus Edwards got the Ravens on the board and into the end zone 7-0. McPherson came back for a field goal for Cincinnati. Lamar gets hurt, but he stays in. McPherson misses a field goal that would have made it 7-6. With so uh, the, the, the Bengals get it back. Burrow hits Mixon for a touchdown, and then he got hurt. Uh, and leaves the game on that drive at the end of it. So 10-7 there, Bengals in front. Then Baltimore has a touchdown. It comes back on a flag. Then Lamar throws a pass over the middle that goes off two guys' hands on the Bengals and falls right into Aguilar's hands. He runs past everybody for a touchdown. I don't want to hear that the Ravens aren't lucky. I'm not saying that they're not good, but they get so many breaks it's insane. Anyway, Browning in for Burrow. Uh, Lamar to Beckham big play then he hits Bateman for a touchdown so it's 21-10 as the half ends shortly after a McPherson field goal made it an eight-point game but then two Tucker field goals made it 27-13 then Lamar to Beckham big play then another Gus Edwards touchdown made it 34-13 and then Bengals get into the end zone a Browning to chase touchdown uh, to make it 34-20 so again a Ravens game where They're up 21-10 at the half against a backup quarterback. You know, like, I'm not here to keep moving the goalposts on the Ravens. I don't think I've moved the goalposts once on them. My point about the Ravens is this. Not a lot of teams force them to play 60 minutes. When they play 60 minutes, they lose a lot of those games. When they don't jump out 21 nothing and then they can just run the ball down your throat and have a good deal. Like, you got to make the Ravens play football for 60 minutes. Half of these teams do not do that. It's so annoying. Anyway, it's a good win for the Ravens. They played a backup quarterback. What am I going to say? Jacksonville gets right after getting blown out against San Francisco. They bounce back with a division win over the Tennessee Titans at home, 34-14. Levis fumbled. That set up a Lawrence to Ridley touchdown. And then two McManus field goals made it 13-0. It was the same score at half. Lawrence runs one in to make it 20 to nothing. Then Lawrence hits Ridley again. Big game for Calvin Ridley. 27 nothing to that point. Then the Titans got really um, creative with their play calls. Down 27 nothing. They do a trick play. Levis throws it down to Hopkins. He hurls it in. Then a second Trevor Lawrence touchdown. Put it out of reach 34-7. And then Levis throws a touchdown pass to the D-tackle Simmons to make it 34-14. And that's why wow, that one ended. So good win for the Jags. Get right. Uh, against the division opponent at home after getting blown out. Chargers and Packers. Packers win it 23-20. Uh both teams turned over on downs early in the game. Uh, I like LaFleur. I think he's a good coach, but sometimes I'm like, what are you doing, man? Just you can punt the ball. It's okay. Like punting isn't the worst thing in the world, you know? Anyway, same thing with Taylor. He's an idiot. But anyway, an Eckler big run sets up a Dicker field goal. Packers get into the end zone on a read end around, then the Chargers into the end zone Herbert to Smart. A touchdown put them in front, 10-7. Carlson misses a field goal for the Packers. Then he makes a field goal to tie it half-inch shortly after. Dicker field goal makes it 13-10. Love to Watson. Touchdown. They miss the extra point, so it's a three-point game. Chargers then going in. Eckler falls, gets back up, gets the ball, then fumbles. Packers recover. Chargers get it back. Herbert to Allen. Touchdown. They're back in front, 20-16, but then Love To Dobbs touchdown Packers back in front 23 20 and then a fourth and one Herbert's pass gets knocked down to seal it Packers win it in Lambeau 23 20 Giants commies in FedEx field Giants win it 31 19 Howell got picked off commanders get it back Howell the Thomas he fumbles that set up a DeVito to Barkley touchdown Giants in front seven, nothing. Then a sly field goal got the Commanders on the board. Giants end up turning it over on downs. They get it back. DeVito to Slayton. Touchdown. It's 14-3. But here come the Commanders. Howell, a touchdown run, and then started a fight. Uh, extra point gets missed. 14-9. Same score at half. Robinson fumbles. Commanders get it back. Make it a two-point game with a sly field goal. Rodriguez fumbles for the Commanders. DeVito to Barkley. Big play. DeVito to Barkley touchdown 21 12 g-men lead howell gets picked off again sets up a bullock field goal to make it a 12 point game then howell to dotson 24 19 commanders get it back and howell throws a pick six to seal it so a big win for the giants giant fans not happy about it um i'd say some are happy about it because they like devito but most are not happy about it because it hurt their draft stock which i understand I understand Vegas and Miami. Listen, this Vegas team is different with Antonio Por- Pierce. Do I think they do anything with it? No, not necessarily, but they are playing harder. They are in games that they weren't in before. And you know, if they, if McDaniels plays this Miami team, it could be ugly. Um, but there's an Antonio Pierce team and they were in the game. Give them credit. Dolphins win at 20 to 13. Dolphins had a scoop and score, but it came back on an incompletion. Two of them uh, on a Miami possession fumbles. Led to a Carlson field goal, so it was 3-0. Then Tua hit Tyreek Hill to make it 7-3. Dolphins, O'Connell the Adams, put the Raiders back in front 10-7. Dolphins end up turning it over on downs. Then Tua to Ahmed, touchdown. Dolphins back in front 14-10. Then Tua to the tight end, Hill. He fumbles. A Carlson field goal cuts the lead to 1. It's 14-13. Dolphins led at the break. Tua gets picked off. Dolphins get it back. Sanders misses a field goal. So the Raiders hanging around. But O'Connell then gets picked off. Back-to-back Sanders field goals makes it 20-13. Raiders turn it over on downs. Raiders get it back. O'Connell gets picked off. And then Raiders get it back again. And he hucks one down the field. It was a great play by Ramsey to seal it. Pick off in the end zone. And the Dolphins win 20-13. Not convincing. Not dominating. But a win is a win nonetheless, as they say. Arizona and Houston. Houston wins it 21-16. This game seemed like it was going off the rails early, but then kind of settled in, but then didn't because of the way that it turned out. Um, Cardinals get on the board early. Murray to more deep shot touchdown. Texans then turn it over on downs. They get it back. Stroud to Schultz touchdown, make it 7 7. A Prater field goal gave the Cardinals a 10 7 lead. Then a Singletary touchdown put the Texans back in front. Murray gets picked off. Stroud gets picked off. Texans get it back. Stroud to Dell. Deep shot touchdown. Texans in front, 21-10. Dolan misses a field goal that could have made it 24-10. Murray, a touchdown. Two-point play, no good. They try to make a three-point game. They don't. It's 21-16. Cardinals turn it over on downs. Stroud gets picked again. Cardinals turn it over on downs. Stroud gets picked a third time. Cardinals turn it over on downs. So, Arizona... Their defense gave their offense multiple chances down the stretch. Uh, Stroud tried to give the game back away, but uh, they find a way to win it. Houston does. Chicago and Detroit. Lions win at 31-26. Bears get on the board first, 7-0. Then the Lions were going in. Goff got picked off. Lions get it back. Goff picked again. Field to Scott. He fumbles. It sets up a Gibbs touchdown, so we're tied at 7 after all those turnovers. A Santos field goal put the Bears in front, 10-7. And then a Goff to St. Brown touchdown gave the Lions their first lead at 14-10. Half then shortly after. Then a Santos field goal cut the lead to one. The Lions fumbled the ensuing kickoff. Fields to Moore, touchdown. It was 20-14 Chicago in front. Goff got picked off again. Santos field goal, another Santos field goal, made it 26-14. But here come the Lions. They need a second-half comeback. They got it. Goff to Williams. Touchdown on the deep shot, 26-21. Then they get it back. Montgomery, touchdown. Two-point play, good. Lions in front by three, 29-26. Then Fields stripped. Ball out of the end zone for a safety. Hutchinson stripped it. Couldn't pick it up for the touchdown, but it goes out of the back of the end zone for a safety. Lions, comeback win, 31-26. Give them credit. That's a game where the old Lions, if, you know, like, I don't say like the old lines is the one of 15 lines, but I say the, the old lines is um because we've seen Lion teams, you know, be four and four hanging around with Stafford at this point of the season, right? They lose that this game, you know, those Lions lose this game somehow, some way they fight back and then lose it or they never fight back at all. But this team fought back and they won the game. Give them a bunch of credit for that one. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, Cleveland wins this one 13-10. DTR for the Browns. A four-touchdown got Cleveland on the board, and then a Hopkins field goal made it 10-0. Half-end, same score. A 76-yard Warren touchdown run got the Steelers on the board and back into the game within three, 10-7 Browns. Then a DTR pass gets tipped and picked. Steelers do nothing with it, but then they get it back. A Boswell field goal ties it 10-10, but then Steelers can't get off the field. Hopkins field goal wins it for the Browns. It's ugly. The defense is just battling the Steeler offense stinks. Um, and I like Kenny. Everybody knows I like Kenny, but I don't know if it's Kenny or Matt Canada or the marriage or both of them, but something's got to change there. Um, Cause it's bad. And I could like, I'm watching some of those games and some of those series offensively. And I'm like that play didn't have a chance. It got blown up. The blocking was terrible. Now is that Kenny's fault? Is that the center's fault? Is that Canada's fault? You know, like I wonder who's getting the blame for a play not working out. Is it is it strictly on Canada? Is it on the protection? Is it on Kenny? Is it on people for not running the right routes? Like the Steelers how they're breaking it down. It's very interesting. The accountability, especially on offense. I wonder. Because Canada, I mean, he's getting killed by the fans. And also, I don't think Kenny's winning anybody over anymore because he's had a couple big throws that keeps people in the... like if it's hitting Pickens down the sideline for a touchdown or he threw a Deontay Johnson or he dumped it off to Warren for the right play on the screen and Warren takes it. Whatever it was, Kenny was making at least one to two plays where people were like, okay, Ken, you know, that's all right. We're all right with you. I don't know. I don't know if it's turning on him. Cowboys, Panthers, Cowboys went at 33, 10 Pollard, a big play, set up a deck to Schoonmaker touchdown. Then a DPI flag got the Cowboys into the Panthers and some more bad penalties on the Panthers, but the Cowboys only managed an Aubrey field goal. Panthers on the board, 10-3. Then Dak to CeeDee Lamb, touchdown, made it 17-3. Panthers then punt. It comes back on a running into the kicker. Then the Panthers converted four fourth downs and a young to tremble touchdown. Got them back in the game, 17-10. But a game turned right then and there. A good drive, by the Cowboys ended with a Tony Pollard touchdown. Then... Bryce Young throws a pick six to DeRon Bland, his fourth of the season. Aubrey misses the extra point, so it's thirty to ten. And then Young fumbles, and sets up another Aubrey field goal, and that's how we got to 33-10. Dallas Cowboys, who continue to beat teams they should beat, besides the Arizona Cardinal game, and I didn't think they would win the Niner game. I wish they gave a better effort. And the Eagle game, they sh- they you could argue they could have they should have won. Um, they had the lead, but hey, give uh, the Eagles credit for winning that game. So the Eagle game on the road, hey, chalk that up. The 9 game, I wish they played better. The game I really want back is the Arizona game. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right, Tampa and San Francisco. San Francisco, back to their winning ways now, 27-14. to 14. That's two in a row. Purdy and McCaffrey got him back into the end zone after the missed opportunity against Jacksonville. Baked then fumbled and set up a moody field goal. Then baked to Evans. His first catch was a touchdown. Niners in front, 10-7. Moody field goal makes a 13-7 half and shortly after that. Then a Purdy to Ayuk touchdown. Uh, made it 20-7, then Purdy to Kittle, 27-7. A white touchdown cut the lead to what, 13, 27, 14, yes. And then at Bucks, fourth and four, they turn it over on downs. Big punt return, tack on a 15 for a late hit, but then Bakes pass off a helmet and picked off. Niners can't seal it with the turnover on downs, so the Bucs end up turning it over on downs anyway. So that's how the Niners get a win. Seattle and the LA Rams. Told you the LA Rams would win this game. They do. 17-16. Seahawks on the board first. Geno Metcalf touchdown, 7 nothing. Rams then get a goal-to-go situation, but can't punch it in. And he had uh, Cooper Cup on a free play and missed him. That was bad. Myers field goal then made it ten nothing. Then Gino to Metcalf, big play. Another Myers field goal made it 13-0. So Seattle led 13-0 in this game, and the Rams end up winning it. Stafford and to Nakua touchdown, 13-7, half end shortly after. Then a Myers field goal made it sixteen seven. Gino hurt. Lock comes in. Stafford gets picked off. He gets hurt but stays in. Stafford to Henderson touchdown comes back on a flag. Then it goes to a Henderson touchdown anyway. So Rams down two. Locke gets picked off on a deep shot. The Rams drive it and get some big first downs to milk some clock. Harvishik makes the field goal to put him up one, 17 16. Seattle gets it back. 131 left. No timeouts. Gino back in. Gino on a Metcalf. Big play. He gets down again. They get it clocked again. Similar to last week. But Myers misses the field goal. So the Rams escape at home. They get a sweep over Seattle this year, and it's a big win for the Los Angeles Rams, who possibly lost Cooper Cup again. We'll see. Bills, Jets. Bills needed it bad. They get it. 32-6. The Jets are... It's tough. It's tough. I'll give my thoughts in a second. Uh, Jets fumble the opening kickoff. Three straight bass field goals made it 9-0. Wilson gets picked off. Allen, the Cook touchdown. 16-0. Then a Wilson to Hall touchdown. Two-point play. No good. I don't know why he's going for two. Buffalo, 16-6. Allen got picked off on the Hail Mary to end the half. Fourth and one, Allen to Johnson, touchdown. Buffalo missed the extra point, so it's 22-6. to Allen to Shakir, long catch and run, touchdown, 29-6. Then Boyle in for Wilson. Boyle to Wilson, Garrett Wilson, he fumbles. Bass field goal, 32-6. Boyle gets picked off. So, um, And really, it's the same stuff I said about Zach Wilson and the, and the Jets the entire time. The Jets went from, let's see what we got in Wilson and develop to Aaron Rodgers wants to come to our team. We have to try to win now. Um, the roster is built to win now. The money is tied up to win now. Like all these things, the the coach, like everything is built for this season and next season, theoretically, right? And once this season stopped with Rodgers, you know, could argue week one, it, it changed to next season. Fine. But my point is, and what my point has always been about Zach Wilson and this team right now, he's not ready for this situation, the team isn't compatible to him if you look at it the other way. In the point, uh, meaning this team is built to win now. Obviously, Zach Wilson is not a win-now quarterback. So you're thrusting him into a situation where it's very difficult for him to succeed. And it's very easy to make him the scapegoat because he's not playing well, but he also shouldn't be in this position. If the Jets were a just bad team with a bad defense and they could say, hey, let the kid play. Let's develop him, Let's see if we have anything. They're not a bad team with a bad defense. They just have a really bad quarterback at this moment. And their offensive line isn't really doing them any favors either way. But what they do have is a great defense that continues to keep them in games. In the six losses that you can argue, they've only been blown out in three of them. The other three were one possession games where it could have went either way. Thinking about that Chief game, right? Specifically. So for Zach Wilson to get benched, maybe it could it should have happened earlier. I I can't argue about that. But to have the same expectations you did with Zach Wilson and with Aaron Rodgers is insane. So don't have those expectations, number one. But number two, understand that Zach Wilson is not a win-now quarterback. And the Jets, with the roster they built and the situation they put themselves in, became a win-now team. And when Rodgers went out that week one and they didn't go sign somebody, they didn't go trade for somebody, they didn't do all, any of those things to get the quarterback position better, I think he told Woody, Rodgers did, that hey, I am coming back, don't do that crazy. Whether that's this season and we're in playoff contention, I'll come back. But next season, I'm definitely here. And I think maybe that signals to the Jets like, hey, we don't have to go get a quarterback. This year might be a wash. Now, can they come out and say that to the fans? Probably not. Can they say it to the public? Probably not. Would it alienate a lot of their team? I'm sure it would. But I could see them kind of writing this year off and chalking it. That's why they kept Wilson in for so long. Because he's clearly not ready. And even if he was improving a little bit week to week, like he was for a little bit there, some of the strides they've taken backwards have been really, really bad. So it's a bad job by Solid. It's a bad job by Wilson. It's a bad job by Joe Douglas. It's a bad job by Woody. Like, uh, these things can all be true. So that's that's kind of how it is. All right, Sunday night, Minnesota and Denver. Denver wins a 21-20 wild game. A trick-toss play to Dobbs. He got lit up. He fumbles. Lutz field goal makes it 3-0. Then Dobbs to Oliver. Touchdown. Got Minnesota in front. 7-3. Then a Joseph field goal made it 10-3. Lutz field goal makes it 10-6. A third Lutz field goal ends the half. Vikings up 1-10-9. Then Dobbs throws a pick. It comes back on a DPI. Dobbs touchdown run. They're up 8-17-9. Then Madison fumbles. A fourth Lutz field goal cuts it to 5. Dobbs gets picked off. Broncos were set up. They only manage a fifth Lutz field goal. So it's 17 15. Joseph field goal makes it 20 15. But here come the Broncos. Russ to Sutton touchdown late in the game. Two point play, no good. Denver up one, 21 20. Vikings get it back. 103 left. Three timeouts at their own 25. But they immediately get faced with a fourth and 25. It's incomplete. Turnover on downs. Denver kneels it out, wins the game. Their winning streak continues, and that was Denver on a Sunday night, and we go to the Super Bowl rematch on Monday night, Philly in Kansas City. Eagles beat the Chiefs in a rainy Monday night. Eagles win twenty one seventeen. 21-17. Chiefs second possession. They went right down the field. Mahomes to Watson. Touchdown Eagles answer with a swift touchdown run. Hertz gets picked off. Chiefs going in, and Mahomes throws an awful red zone interception. That was an end zone interception. It was a terrible throw. Chiefs get it back. Mahomes, Kelsey, touchdown as they start to connect. Uh, that was at the start of the really, – just inside the two-minute warning. The Chiefs get it back, and they force the Eagles to punt. They get into field goal range. Bucker, field goal, ends the half 17-7. Then second half action. Uh, Hertz QB, draw for a touchdown. Then the Chiefs are going in. Mahomes to Kelsey. He fumbles. Hurts to Smith, bomb to the one, and then Hurts on the sneak play. In front, 21-17. Chiefs have to punt. They force the Eagles to punt it back, so they get it back. And then Mahomes, deep shot to Valdez. Scaling would have been a touchdown. He drops it. Then he gets an intentional grounding on the third down. They're faced with fourth and 25, and it's incomplete. And that's how the Chiefs lost. So a lot of drops. Um, obviously the last one, but you have Mahomes making a horrible red zone interception. Then you had Kelsey with a terrible fumble going in. And then lastly, all those things considered, you still have an opportunity to go win the game, and he throws the ball to go win the game, and you drop it. So I thought the Chiefs lost the game. Give the Eagles credit. They stayed in it. They were down 17-7. They rallied to get it to 17-14, and the Chiefs make another mistake, and they get into the end zone. So I'm not trying to take anything away from the Eagles but on the road, they played a game that they hung in. It's a great win. It's a road win against a top team. That's not what I'm, I'm saying. But I, to me, it's more of the Chiefs blowing the game, losing the game, than the Eagles going and winning it. Now you can say, you just, you're just knocking their game right now. I just said it was a great win. On the road, in Kansas City, in prime time, two gigantic teams in this league. It's a, it's a, very, it's a very good win. I can also say that the Chiefs did give it to him. I think both things can be true. So, Eagles, fortunate. They won the game, but they're fortunate to get out of Kansas City with a win. I think they can admit that. If they can't admit that, then they're just blind homers um, because of the three plays that I keep mentioning for Kansas City. Eagles didn't play a great game, but they found a way to win. That's a sign of a very good team. Give them credit for that. And also, you could say the Chiefs, those three plays were enormous when you came out uh, to the outcome of the game. So, Eagles got a really big win. Give them credit. In Kansas City, that's a bad loss for the Chiefs. Um, and you could be like, every time the Chiefs lose, it's the, it's they lose and it's not the other team's falling. It can be all the things. Eagles, it's a great road win. Give them credit. The Chiefs. Gave it away with the three plays. Chiefs didn't play great, neither did the Eagles, but they found a way to win. So give them credit. All right, pros to student athletes, college football week twelve. Georgia rolls Tennessee. Tennessee seven nothing, um, and then it was thirty eight three. The rest of the way, back three touchdowns in the route for the dogs. Ohio State routed Minnesota 37 3. McCord throws four touchdowns to Marvin Harrison Jr. Michigan had a little trouble with Maryland on the road. They went at 31 24. Michigan in control early, jumped out to a 16 3 lead, but let Maryland back into the game late in the second and the third. Edwards, three touchdown sneaks over that time. Talia threw a pick, then he got an intentional grounding call for a safety that uh, made it a seven point difference at the end of the game. North Alabama, Florida State. Florida State wins at 58-13. Travis out for the season, so that is big. Washington, Oregon State. Driving rain was a factor. Washington wins at 22-20. Huskies took a 9-7 lead with a safety, then led 22-10 at the break. Didn't score in the second half. Held off Oregon State in the final 30. Oregon blows out. Arizona State nixed six touchdowns in the 49-13 win. Texas had their hands a little full with Iowa State. They went in 26-16. They were up 6-3 at the half. Ewers threw a touchdown pass. Iowa State scored. But then they got a field goal block, uh, extra point block return for two the other way. Ewers threw another touchdown pass, and then Auburn had an insurance field goal to make it 26-16. Bama Hammers, Chattanooga 66-10 in the win before the Iron Bowl. Mizzou beats Florida with a last-second Mevis field goal. 33 31. Schrader, 23 carries, 141, and one touchdown. That's outstanding from the walk on. Former walk on, sorry. Louisville beat Miami, 38 31. A fourth quarter comeback for the cards. Big one there. Penn State handles Rutgers at home, 27 6. Ole Miss and UL Monroe, 35 3. Oklahoma beat BYU, 31 24, in the Mountains. Their only lone conference matchup that they'll play. Georgia State, LSU. LSU wins 56-14. Daniels, eight touchdowns. I mean, what? Are you kidding me? Eight touchdowns? Eight touchdowns. Iowa beats Illinois 15-13. Iowa clinches the Big Ten West, and they will play the winner of Michigan-Ohio State in the title game for that conference. Utah against Arizona. Arizona wins a 42-18. Notre Dame hammers wake 45-7. Uh, Clemson beats UNC 31-10, so that's a good one for Clemson. Ruining the Carolina season a little bit there. Kansas State beats Kansas in the Sun Sunflower Bowl 31-27. Unfortunately, no cover there for the game of the year. Oklahoma State beats Houston 43-30, and Tulane handles FAU 24-8. Uh, playoff, to me, the Florida State injury knocks them out. I understand they probably have a great recruit coming in at a quarterback, but Travis was awesome for their team this year. It sucks, but they want the four best teams. If you don't have your quarterback, are you still one of the four best teams? I don't think so. I could see them putting Washington in, especially after winning on the road um, against a ranked opponent, an opponent that they valued in the top 11 of this poll. So I'll say this. I can see Florida State moving to five. I can see Washington getting into four. And then Georgia staying one. Ohio State staying two. Michigan staying three. And then Oregon stays six. And then the one-loss teams stay the same. Um, Oregon, Texas, then Bama. Because I think Washington showed you enough there. Even though it was a two-point win, It's on the road. It's horrible conditions. They weren't a favorite in the game. They're supposed to lose the game if you look at Vegas at any indication. Okay. Um, So I think Washington jumps Florida State. I honestly would have thought Washington could have jumped Florida State here anyway considering Florida State's playing North Alabama and Washington was playing Oregon State. So I wouldn't be shocked if there is a shakeup between 4 and 5 for this playoff committee. Um... But I could see them keeping it the same to have it play out the next two weeks. So we'll see. We'll see what the committee thinks. All right, college basketball. Houston knocked off Dayton in the final of the Shriners-Children-Charleston Classic. Dayton had some good wins there. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't play that championship game well. But um, a really, really good couple of games from Houston. Miami beat Kansas State in the Bahama Championship. San Diego State beats Washington in overtime in the main event in Vegas. You got UConn and Texas uh, in the Garden as I'm recording this. They're in the second half. UConn's up 11. Uh, So Texas trying to close that one. Uh, That make it interesting. Then Maui started as I record this. Tennessee, Syracuse, Purdue, Gonzaga, Kansas, UCLA, Marquette, Chaminade there. Chaminade we know. Uh, But a Maui, a stacked Maui field. Uh, you got Wisconsin and Virginia and West Va and SMU and the Fort Myers tip off. Atlantis is loaded: Arkansas, Memphis, Michigan, Carolina, Stanford, Texas Tech, Nova, UNI, and then NIT tip off: Baylor, Oregon State, Florida, and Pitt. So a lot of good basketball. Feast Week is loaded. This Maui this Maui um, event is going to be really big, and I know it's on uh, the Big Island because of the fires and the damage to to Maui. Um, I might get, a, they have a shirt going on. I might get a shirt. Um, maybe I'll get a shirt for the Maui if it's going to get donated because I'm not there. You know, you don't get the shirt if you don't go, but I don't know. Maybe I'll get the shirt. But yeah, a lot of, lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of great college basketball. Even though it's early season, these are games that they look back on and say, okay, you beat that team on a neutral court. Okay, all right, we'll see you, but you're a different team in March, but you still, these games still count in November. So, a lot, a lot of good college basketball. Okay. Um, soccer, we will get back to uh, for Thursday's show. But none really to talk about. I don't really want to talk about Euro 24 qualifiers until it's all done. You know what I'm saying? Um, shout out my guy, Dominic Sloboslav, the captain of Hungary. They were down 1-0, and then he got a brace and turned it around. That's just captain stuff. Outstanding. Solves-Lay. Um but we'll have more footy talk on Thursday's show. Let's do the gambling portion of the show. Recap Sarai Ox and pick six for week 11. Good weeks for both. Good weeks for both. Sarai locks 3-0 up to 27-6 and on the season. Miami versus Vegas was a win. It was a little closer than a lot of people thought. Cowboys easy win over the Panthers. They broke it open in the fourth quarter. And then Niners did enough against the Bucks. Really didn't have any sweat in there. I think it got to what? 20-7, then 27-7. You're like, okay, that's a winner. Uh, so 3-0, oh, Survivor Pool Locks to bounce back after the 1-2 and two last week, up to 27-6 and six for Survivor Pool Locks. And pick six. I believe this is back-to-back 5-1 and weeks, so if I'm not mistaken. Uh, up to 35-29-2. The primetime under strategy is taking us out of the gutter here. We lost one on Thursday night, unfortunately. Th- Thursday night I was worried about. Monday night I was worried about. Um, but Thursday night we lose. Cincinnati, Baltimore, under. Forty seven. That was a loser. But then Chicago, Detroit over forty seven was a winner. There was a lot of field goals in that game. I was worried for a second with the Bears kicking a million field goals, but we got over forty seven there. Cowboys minus ten and Carolina was a winner. Rams plus one against Seattle. They won outright. I told you they went outright. They won outright. Uh, Minnesota, Detroit under forty four winner. And then Philly, Kansas City under forty six, a winner as well on Monday night. So primetime under is really, really helping us, but the other three games, I picked the other three games, three and zero this week as well. So I'm not just you know cherry picking three picks from America. I'm I made three other picks as well, and I also have to keep picking prime time unders. I mean, previously I wouldn't do all of them, and that really hurt me. And I pick a Thursday one, and that wouldn't work, and then I wouldn't pick a Monday or Sunday one because I like the over in it. No, prime time unders. That is the new wave until it really corrects itself. Because that's what we're gonna do, folks. Prime unders, and I don't know what I'm doing for Thursday's show yet with who, what games I'm picking. We got to look at the lines, obviously, but um, could be some Thanksgiving because we'll have a bunch of primetime games or standalone games. It could be six. On, who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, so five and one in pick six, 35, 29 and two on the season as we go towards at least 50 something percent, hopefully, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. All right. So we will have a show. On Thursday, remember, folks, no drinking, no driving Wednesday night. Obviously, no drinking or driving Thursday night. But Wednesday night, be careful out there. I'll talk to you Thursday morning with a Thanksgiving pod. Happy Thanksgiving until then. Peace. check out his podcast that sounds like my kind of podcast football 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 and sometimes other sports show sounds like me